Is it possible to have access to the highest quality health care whenever your family needs it? Count on it. Count on Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan to give you access to the care you need with the largest network of top doctors and hospitals. Because when you find the doctor that's right for you, you should be able to choose her. Access and choice. It's healthcare coverage that works the way you want it to. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Confidence comes with every card. The torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans. He battled the talking heads and cynics in Washington to save GM and Chrysler. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. He battled the Great Recession to save Michigan's capital city from bankruptcy. To this big, bold country that we love, that's what I see. That's the America I know. Now he's on a mission to save the America that brought his father from Italy and millions of immigrants to build the greatest nation in the world. And I do believe that the office of citizen is the highest office in this country. Here he is, America, Verge Bernero. What a great way to start with a cough. Uh, is that telling or what? Uh, welcome to the Verge Show. It is March 12th, 2020. Um, and I was coughing a little bit there before the show started. I think I'm in pretty good shape. What about you? Uh, coronavirus is dominating the news. And let's face it, our thoughts. Unless you're a public or health official, uh, you, we, tried to ignore it, downplay it, push it out of our minds to focus on more pertinent, we thought, or pleasant, for sure, thoughts. Instead of all this seemingly alarmist, even paranoid palaver about a contagion that once seemed remote and unlikely to affect our lives, uh, it was something that happened uh, in China or something, uh, some, some faraway place that uh, probably most of us had not traveled to or even thought about traveling to. Um, but it is now clear to even the most calm, cool, and collected among us that cor- uh, coronavirus is not to be ignored. Uh, downplayed or dismissed. No, each of us, my friends, is going to have to reckon with the nasty, scary reality of coronavirus. And as with all fear-inducing phenomena in this mortal existence of ours, information is the greatest antidote to unbridled fear and or panic. That and, uh, and a good sense of humor. I marveled at the late-night talk show comics last night uh, that uh, I thought were were really masterful. Uh, Kevin is here in studio with me. Kevin uh, Collard. Um, I thought it was masterful how these guys could make me laugh, make America laugh about such a scary prospect. And And I marveled because, gosh, that's exactly what we need to do. I mean, we need to take it seriously. But uh, life goes on, uh, hopefully, for the vast majority of us. And, yeah. and, and uh, you know, humor, they say humor and tragedy, you know, tragedy and comedy. There's a fine line. And that's going to help us get through this. So I marveled last night uh, at the moments, the lighthearted, a few lighthearted moments of laughter amidst an otherwise growing state of fear and anxiety. And I'm talking about myself, too, by the way, here. Uh, You know, I have a family. I have uh, uh, a daughter who is with child. Um, And, uh, of course, we're concerned about that because pregnant women are one of the it's one of the areas, one of the populations uh, that need to be protected. So uh, 
this uh, anyway, last night watching the comics, uh, that that that's as perhaps as vital as anything in keeping folks encouraged and upbeat and determined to see this thing through and and beat it and beat this thing, uh, which we will do as Americans. These are unprecedented times for most all of us, unless you lived through the 1918 influenza pandemic, uh, which I don't think any of us did. Uh, safe to say we have not lived through anything like this. Uh, maybe we'll look back on all of this surreal, protective, precautionary uh, action. Maybe we'll look back on it a year from now, five years from now, uh, as maybe five months from now, as overreaction, as as chicken little, sky is falling, doomsday scenario, uh, as some people are saying. Some people in my family, I won't mention any names, some people in the Bernero family think that uh, it's way overblown and so on. Um, but uh, I'm not quite willing to say that. I, I hope so. I, I frankly hope they're right. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the scientists and the, and the public health folks that are saying, take this seriously, be careful, stay indoors, self-quarantine. I hope they're wrong. But personally, uh, you know, I don't think we should roll the dice. Now, I'm here at work today. I'm here at The Verge Show. So obviously I've rolled the dice. I'm not, I'm not broadcasting from my home. That's something we need, we need to look at, Angel. We need to look at broadcasting from my home. No, no, I've, <laughs> we need to because, you know, we got to self-quarantine maybe. Uh, but look, these good people are here in the studio doing their job. But, but I don't want them risking their lives for the Verge show. You know, so, so in a sense, we're rolling the dice because we're not doctors. We're not scientists. We don't have a crystal ball. Uh, we have faith that we're going to get up tomorrow, and I hope we all do, and that we're not going to be sick. Uh, but the fact is, uh, this is, we don't really know. We see what's happening in Asia. We see Italy, where a country is locked down. We see the NBA calling off the season. Oh, and, and breaking news, the Big Ten tournament has been canceled. I mean, Outright they're not even, canceled. Canceled. They're not even going to run it without an audience. They're not. They're not going to play. I know. You. You would think that would have been enough to just let their families in and the coaches and the players, but now they've said no. We're not running it at all. So, so folks, this is the thing. For those who say, including some in my family, <clears throat> I'm not mentioning any names for your own protection. For for you naysayers who want to say that this is all overblown and no big deal, well. Somehow the NBA and the NCAA and Michigan State University that is closed out, closing their campus and doing cyber classes only, I think, uh, and a number of other universities that are doing the same, Howard University in Washington, D.C., a number of, I guess they're all taking this quite seriously. Now, maybe we're a bunch of chicken littles. I, I got to ask you, Verge, because I was in ninth grade when Rock Hudson announced he had AIDS. So was AIDS and the response that we had to AIDS... Anything close to this? It's uh, well, of course. I remember it well. My brother was diagnosed with AIDS and, and ended up dying of AIDS. Victor Bernero, um, and uh, so it it, it it hits close to home. Uh, and there was certainly some uh, hysteria and there was some misinformation, but I, I think it was. It's I think it's vastly different, Kevin, because uh, with that uh, terrible that dread disease. I think most people felt that 
you know, uh, it, it didn't affect the vast. It was in terms of how it contracted. I mean, now here with this coronavirus, we're talking. It was about, a behavioral situation. Yeah, you're yes, yes. What and, about Ebola? And, and was sexual, Ebola something that well, we all feared? Even I'm though it was not here. Th- these are that's a public health question that we should, if we get. Well, and by the way, hopefully later in the show, uh, we've got a public health official from the uh, capital city uh, who we hope is going to be able to join us. She was scheduled. She would have been on, but uh, she ended up. There was a phone call and. A important public health call that she had to be on. So we're hoping that she's going to be able to join us uh, uh, toward the end of the show. And we can get questions like that because Ebola, I was mayor at the time. We did take certain precautions working with the health community, but I don't know that Ebola ever arrived, uh, for example, in Lansing, Michigan, whereas uh, this, uh, all the public health professionals are saying that this is probably either already here or will be here. It may be here and we don't know because we're not testing widely for it. So it could be here. My concern, Kevin, and my concern is, uh, I've expressed this to my family members. Uh, look, I just got back from Mexico. Uh, I went through a couple international airports, you know, Detroit, uh, Cabo, and and uh, Atlanta. Virg, it's been really and, nice knowing you. And, <laughs> Thank uh, you. And, and working yeah. <laughs> with you. <laughs> and, and the thing is, I mean, we joke, okay, we jest. But the thing is, I tried to exert, uh, my wife and I, Exercised great deal of caution. We had the wet wipes, you know, the chlorinated wet wipes. We had the the um, uh, uh, what do you call uh, uh, sanitized lotion. Uh, we sprayed down everything. We wiped down everything. We tried not to touch anything in the bathroom, anything anywhere unnecessarily. But the fact is, we ate at restaurants. We did use the public restroom. And who really knows? I mean, maybe we should be testing if this virus is as contagious as they say, two or three times as contagious as the regular flu, uh, and and quite a bit more lethal, maybe we should be testing more people, people who've been, who have traveled internationally and so on. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, I want to, I want to, you know, it is a time when we got to come together and so on uh, and, and look, protect everybody. This is a disease. It'll affect Democrats, Republicans. You know, we got to get real. Uh, and the health community is giving us very clear warnings about what we need to do. Wash your hands. Uh, again, uh, quarantine yourself if you think you're infected and and try to avoid big crowds. And so it's real. But in this, what I see is that the malignancy of Trumpism appears to have met its match with the cor- cor- coronavirus. The jig is up. Trump's being completely exposed. Uh, all but the most ardent Trump cult members can finally see that the emperor wears no clothes. Despite the CDC's warning against cruising, uh, by the way, uh, Joe Biden appears to be cruising to victory. So we're going to talk about that and more today. We're going to hope to hear from a public health official. But I want to show you what I'm talking about. You know, when I say the cancer of Trumpism meets its match with coronavirus, we've got a Trump uh, video or two to show uh, the president's response to this uh, uh, this uh, terrible virus um, and how, you know, some of his opening salvos. Now the Democrats are politicizing the coronavirus. You know that, right? Coronavirus. They're politicizing it. We did one of the great jobs. You say, how's President Trump doing? They go, oh, not good, not good. They have no clue. They don't have any clue. They can't even count their votes in Iowa. They can't even count. No, they can't. And this is their new hoax. But, you know, we did something that's. So you heard him. This is their new hoax. He said he's their new hoax. He says the Democrats are politicizing it. I mean, this is how he comes out the shoot. This is how he comes out the gate. 
attacking Democrats, attending rallies. Now, of course, he's going to be in big trouble soon, Kevin, because he's not going to be able to hold these rallies, really. Uh, they're a public health risk. I think he will. Well, he's already. <laughs> I think he will. He's canceled two. Has he so really? Far. Yeah, he's canceled uh, two he canceled, rallies. I, I didn't even I know heard that. that just today. One in Denver and one in Nevada. Oh, I'm, I'm not sure they were scheduled. I'm impressed. Rallies. I'm not sure they were scheduled rallies, but they were going to be political events that he was talking about setting up uh, in Nevada and Denver. And I think uh, he's going to be hard pressed. Now, will will he continue? Who knows? Who knows? Because uh, because in this next clip we're going to play, he he's asked what steps he's taking. Is he going to? Is he trying to protect himself? And I've heard that both he and Pence are continuing to shake hands, that they've refused because one of the things that people are saying very clearly, the CDC and health experts are saying, stop shaking hands, stop the human contact, uh, and even fist bumps. They don't want you even doing fist bumps. It went from handshakes, according to health experts, it went from handshakes to fist pumps, uh, the old Obama fist bump, to elbow bumps, and now they're saying stay six feet away. Now they're saying no elbow bumps, okay? So really try to stay six feet away. But uh, but when Trump went on TV recently, last as last night, uh, he won't he won't say don't shake hands. Well, uh, let me ask you something because you were the leader of a major city, Lansing, Michigan. Well, uh, certainly an important city. I don't know about how major, but yes. And uh, as a leader, are you not supposed to emit some sort of a calm, cool, collected? Don't sweat it yet. Oh, definitely. I mean, but but again, accurate information. As I said at the opening of the show, I believe that information and facts are the antidote to fear. Now, there will be fear. There will be anxiety. I have it, and and some folks at home have it. Okay, and and uh, look, this is a, a virus that can kill. So there's every reason to be fearful. But facts and information. Okay, misinformation is no good. Blaming your opponents. Coming right out the chute and saying this is the de- the next. Oh, I don't, there's no. You're not getting any argument from to, me to that politicizing this, is, this issue is for him moronic to, for at him best. To call it a democratic, another democratic hoax leads people to believe that really they don't have anything to fear. Instead of getting real accurate information, here's here's what else Trump had to say. Land of ours, this great country of ours. We have 240 cases. Most of those people are going to be fine. A vast majority are going to be fine. We've had 11 deaths. But those numbers are not correct. There are at least 277 confirmed cases and at least 15 people have died. Originally, Mr. Trump canceled the trip on reports someone at the CDC had the virus, but that turned out to be false. Pictures, are you protecting yourself at all? Not at all. So he ends, that clip ends with him saying he's doing nothing to protect himself. Well, he's still shaking hands. I don't believe he's doing nothing. But, you know, Trump's weird, wacky, bumbling, haphazard, dubious, and positively unpresidential presidency, uh, you know, led and defined by the very stable genius, Trump himself, has been fully and finally exposed by the harsh reality of this global pandemic. That's that's virtual reality. This This thing cannot be trumped, okay? It's not going to be dealt with at a rally by people chanting, lock it up, lock it up. If only it were so, Kev, that's what he wishes. He wishes he could deal with this coronavirus. And you saw it. You saw him. You heard him uh, at the rally. He wishes he could just get his chanting masses, just get the Trump cult to say, lock it up, lock up the virus, lock it up. Just some bullshit chant that they could give, and it will all go away. But unfortunately for the Donald, 
And, and I don't say this with glee, believe it or not. I don't. I, of course, because lives are at stake. My own family. I mean, I'm worried about my family. It's real. But the point is, this guy is so out of touch with reality that he, and I think really this is what he's trying to figure out now, because his approach to things has been just to, to make them so, to just say something, and if he says it loud enough, even if it's a lie, he can just keep saying it, and it will be true. Like when he says that phone call was perfect. We don't have that clip, or do we? Uh, the clip We, we don't do have not. the perfect. So there was a clip where he's also, uh, yeah, while he's at the CDC, says, uh, our response has been perfect. You know, there was the, there, there's the concern that there's not enough test, test kits out there. Like I say, I think everybody that has fl- flown internationally and has a cough, any, any at all symptom, maybe anybody who's flown internationally should be tested. But test kits are hard to get. And, uh, but he says, our response, everything is perfect, just like the phone call. Mm-hmm. So he's used to stating things over and over them, and then they become true. And the Senate even made it true, because he said the phone call's true, the phone call's true, and he avoided impeachment. Uh, the Senate Republicans protected him. But in this case, Kevin, the reality is coming crashing down. The number of cases is increasing in the United States. Mm-hmm. The number of deaths, sadly, is increasing. And the public health experts, including Anthony Fauci and others who have immense respect of the American public, They say it will continue. They say that we're headed toward a bell curve. They say that unlike in uh, China, where they may have already hit their peak, they may have already seen the worst, that the United States is only just at the beginning of the bell curve. And that no amount of wishing or making false statements or making having political rallies is going to change that. That we have to these are these are substantive issues that have to be dealt with in substantive ways. We see the mayor of the governor of New York dealing with it, uh, Andrew Cuomo, very directly uh, and, and taking uh, steps, um, very somewhat severe steps in terms of public health to quarantine uh, areas, neighborhoods where the coronavirus has cropped up. We breaking see- news. We have more breaking news. The Major League Soccer uh, League has postponed their league for 30 days. The SEC and the American uh, college basketball leagues have now canceled their men's basketball tournaments. And um, the question becomes, and I'd like to put the phone number out there if we can and, and get some calls from some folks, 844-999-9249. Let me say that again because I said it kind of fast. 844-999-9249. Are you going to church Sunday? Are you going to go to a restaurant anytime in the next month? Have you gotten all the toilet paper you need? (laughs) I mean, these are all things. How has this uh, coronavirus impacted your life? Are we overblowing it here in America? Are we we overreacting? Or are we being safe and not sorry? And thank you for bringing up the latest cancellation there, Kevin. Um, In fact, uh, I was scheduled to go to a charity event tonight uh, in Pontiac, um, for a, uh, a, a reputable, uh, very worthy uh, charity. Um, it was going to be a fun night, uh, going to be over 100 people. And uh, just this morning, they pulled the plug on that and said, out of, out of an abundance of caution, um, we're going to reschedule. Um, and maybe they'll do a cyber fundraiser in the meantime. But uh, again, I, you know, 
I know there are those, I guess the former governor of Kentucky uh, was just quoted in the media uh, saying something about this, you know, chicken little that he, he and there's a backlash to that. Um, I mean, I just think that I, I, I don't think we should make the mistake that I think human beings do. We tend to this is a it's natural human condition that uh, we tend to believe that, you know, basically what we've seen in the past is what we will see in the future. And this is where when people use the term surreal, you know, it's something that they never imagined. Maybe they saw it on TV. It was like a fantasy or a nightmare scenario, but they never imagined seeing it for real. This You'll hear people use the word surreal sometimes in a car accident or a shooting. Sadly, these mass shootings that we get in America. Um, and so it's hard for us to truly imagine and prepare for something uh, that is is brand new that we've never experienced. But because we've never experienced it does not mean it can't happen. And, you know, you can talk to these, uh, again, what's happened in China and Italy. This virus does spread much faster than the flu. This virus is much more lethal than the flu. So when people say, oh, it's just the flu, and I've got, again, family members that feel this way. You know, don't kid yourself. I mean, if it makes you sleep better, if it helps you to sleep better at night that to lie to yourself, then fine, do that. And, and you know, you're, it may come true. And again, I think, I pr- hope and pray that the vast majority of people, uh, that all, everybody will be safe and not be impacted by it at all. But uh, we cannot assume that. And I guess I'll always have my mayor hat on when it comes to protecting people because my job, number one, was to protect the people of my city, whether that meant a snowstorm, you know, an ice storm, uh, Ebola, or whatever threat that might be coming, foreign or domestic. Uh, when you take an oath and you take that job and you enter that office uh, of whether it's mayor, governor, president, uh, your number one job is to protect your people, to protect your citizens. And, you know, the the president's speech last night, which is being heavily panned, heavily criticized, uh, which seemed to be designed uh, strictly to calm the markets, uh, the the stock market uh, does not. It seems to have had the opposite effect, or had no effect in terms of calming the market at all. Uh, he announced uh, a uh, some sort of economic stimulus. I guess was his was his attempt, um, and uh, it, it, it had elements of a very political speech where he talked about how this is the greatest economy ever and therefore, you know, we'll be able to weather any storm. Um, But also had misstatements about what would be covered. He's been corrected since then by, again, uh, health experts saying, in fact, you know, they they were just outright lies, uh, outright falsehoods. I mean, especially on something like this where information and facts are so important, you would think a responsible White House would see to it that everything they say has been vetted and fact-checked and, and, you know, really let the health folks lead. I'm not saying that the president, vice president shouldn't be seen, shouldn't be heard from, but let the, the, the folks, the expert health folks take the lead on those things uh, and, and fo- really follow their lead. As a political leader, you should be following the lead of the health experts, uh, but uh, he did give a, a, a speech last night, and uh, I understand the stock market is still tumbling this morning. Is that mm-hmm. right, Kevin? It's a bloodbath. That's, wow. what, that's what one headline said. 
And uh, other headlines include anxiety grips companies across the world as it spreads. Italy extends its quarantine to the entire country. We're past the point of containment was another headline. I, I uh, So if Italy's past the point of containment, I mean, the, again, I don't understand, Kevin, the people who say that this, we're acting, that we're overreacting. Um, I don't understand why they think we in America are somehow better protected than a place like Italy. I've been to Italy. You know, it's an advanced, I mean, it's a well-developed country with a good healthcare system, and they are being overwhelmed by mm-hmm. coronavirus. I don't understand the false sense, what I think is a false sense of security, where these people want to lull themselves into la-la land and believe that it ain't going to, you know, that our health system is, can't be overwhelmed. It's, I, I'm not here to say doomsday scenario, we're all going to die. What I'm saying, I'm listening and reading health experts who are saying that if we don't get ahead of this, that the reason we should stop these meetings of over 20 people and the reason we should sort of self-quarantine and, and stay home if we can and work from home if we can is that we don't know Right now, how many people are carrying the virus who could be spreading the virus? We don't right. know. And so they're saying the actions we take now could prevent an overcrowded emergency room later. Yeah. It's not that we're all going to die from it. The point is the people who, who need critical intensive care type help at the hospital will not be able to get to it potentially if they're overwhelmed with you, you me, and all the young folks in the, in the control room. Uh, because we were sloppy, and now we're all rushing to the hospital. Uh, some folks ain't going to make it under that scenario. I think too, we live in a society here in America of uh, probably, and I don't have any proof of this part, but the percentage of a hypochondriac in this country is probably higher than most countries. Uh, we seem to have a lot of people who think that anything that comes along, they're going to get. Secondly, I read a story actually by a pastor of all things. Uh, Greg Laurie out in L.A. wrote a piece. He says, fear weakens your immune system. This is a fact, not his opinion, but it's an actual Mm -hmm. fact. He says, we're in this fear state, but the fear state turns down the immune system, an expert said. When you spread fear to your friends, it's almost like spreading germs to them. So I found that fascinating, too, because there tends to be in all of us, a great amount of fear about what all this means. Yes, like, but my there basic might be something answer behind this that's much worse than we realize. Yeah, but my basic answer to the pastor at in the, at this stage is bull, bull crap. Because uh, in breaking news, by the way, from the New York Times, a Brazilian official who was part of a delegation that visited President Trump at Mar-a-Lago just tested positive for coronavirus. Um, and by the way, I read something uh, before coming on where uh, uh, they, in one American case. In one case, they went back and tracked uh, like they're supposed to in an epidemic. So epidemiologists went back and tracked the people that he had, he had been in contact with, like for the last mm-hmm. two or three weeks, people that he could have uh, infected. Right. They went back and tested them all. And 50 people that that guy, one guy with coronavirus in the United States, they went back and tested over a period of weeks people that he had touched. And they found an additional 50 people who were walking around infected with the coronavirus. Not in America, though. In America, yes. Huh. Yes. So the point is, we are not testing enough people. And so the fear should be real. Now, I'm not saying you should run around scared, but 
Fear is something you deal with, okay? You, again, the antidote to fear, in my view, is facts, information, and action, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you know something is out there that could kill you, that could threaten the health of your family, you take action, okay? What does that mean? Well, if I have a daughter who's pregnant, you know, and she's in the high-risk category. She stays home. She stays home. If she doesn't need to go into work, if she can do her work on the computer, and maybe even if she can't. She has to make a decision because this is something where we do not know where it begins and where it ends. And this is another example here with this Brazilian official. He was at Mar-a-Lago. How many people did he infect at Mar-a-Lago at that time? All those people should be tested. That's what an uh, epidemiological-based program would do, a science-based program. And I'm just saying, let's stick to the science. Okay, let's follow the science and uh, do what it takes. Uh, So if that means spending money to make more tests, conduct more tests, you know, if that means uh, breaking out of our our regular habits, uh, you know, uh, from from A to Z. Well, I mean, I never washed my hands as much as I wash them right now, but I'm going to live my life. I'm right there with you. Yes, I'm going to live my life. I get it. I get it. But again, if living your life can control it. But if living your life means. Uh, sadly, look, I'm all for the economy. I, I, you know, I'm a pro-business guy. But if it means going to the coffee shop less and for a while making coffee at home, I mean, I think that's, frankly, I think that's one of the reasons. I know there's psychological reasons for the run on the toilet paper. Okay. I hate to use the word run and toilet paper yeah. at the same time. But, Appreciate um, that. You know, uh, <laughs> But I didn't say runs. I said well, you runs. just got back from Mexico, so you made a oh, run I know on your some, way home from oh, the airport. Oh, you better believe it. Montezuma's yeah. Revenge. I know something about it. Believe me. <laughs> but it's real. It is real. Yeah. I love Mexico. I love the Mexicans. They, they, they were wonderful to us. But, man, that Montezuma's Revenge is no joke either. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, when I was in Haiti, they called it the Haitian Happies. <laughs> right. So, you know, there's a, there's a run on toilet paper. Uh, I think uh, because people, uh, whatever, they, they are thinking about if they have to stay home, whatever, uh, you know, buy, buy your coffee, buy your whatever you might need. Uh, and, and again, uh, p- people, I hate to say it because I'm, I'm one that loves economic growth and economic development. Again, as, as a mayor, I, I love to see growth. Uh, but this is a time where you have to kind of hunker down. And that's what they get. Because why? Because that's what the medical experts are saying. That this is the time, if you look at the mistakes that were made in Italy and in China, they didn't act fast enough. And now, at a time when you don't feel threatened, this is the time when it could be spreading or not. And so if you choose not to spread it and not to get it, this is a time for you to stay home if you can. Now, you said, Kevin, that life goes on. And I agree. Life goes on. However carefully, however with caution, life must go on. We are Americans, and we're not just going to you know, hunker down and quit life. No. And by the way, what is life? Well, part of life is politics. This is an election year. Two days ago, uh, we had a primary here in Michigan. Right. Uh, and I think Joe Biden uh, came out clearly on top. They're calling it Jomentum. Momentum, yeah. momentum, Jomentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, Biden won another three or four states. They're saying he's got Jomentum, uh, that uh, it, it was Biden versus Bernie. It looks increasingly that um, it will soon be over. Now, I am one, as you know, anybody that's listened to me, watch my Facebook, knows I love Bernie. I love Biden. I love Klobuchar. I really loved uh, uh, Bloomberg. I really loved 
Uh, um, Marianne Williamson. You didn't well, Marianne Williamson was okay. <laughs> she made some interesting points. She made some interesting points. Uh, and and yes, in her in the own Mary, Marianne Williamson way, I love her. She got seven hundred votes. And she's Michigan. got a lot of. She makes a lot of interesting points. She says we should have a Department of Peace. She says if you're going to have a Department of Defense, which is used to be called Department of War, um, you ought to have a Department of Peace. I, she makes a lot of good points. But uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren, of course, I thought was phenomenal. Um, but at this point, it's about over. It's about over. Uh, I think uh, uh, Bernie and Biden are about to have a love, love fest. But we've got this clip of when Biden, uh, Joe Biden was in Michigan and he was confronted. I want to hold that off for just a second because okay. Linda's checking in and we, we've been talking oh, about the coronavirus. So I thought oh. maybe we should go to her. Wonderful. Yeah. So we'll talk to Biden at the back of the show. We have Linda Vale. We are so fortunate to have this public health professional uh, and she'll tell us her title. She'll remind me. She is, I believe, the chief medical officer uh, of Ingham in, in Ingham yeah. County, the, the state capital uh, of Michigan. Uh, and uh, she's uh, recently been on the phone. She's got the latest, greatest information on the coronavirus. We've got some questions for her. Linda, are you there? I am here, and it is Chief Health Officer. Chief Health Officer. Okay, thank you for correcting that. Linda Vale, Chief Health Officer of Ingham County, uh, the uh, the home of our state capital in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us. Before I get to asking you specific questions, Linda, do you have any general statement, things, uh, some some new news that you might have from from a latest briefing? I know you just got back from um, D.C. as well. You know, the briefing we the briefing we just got off of with health officers in the state was really more about coordination of communication and some of the lapses that have happened in that, unfortunately. And honestly, you know, I know how fast I'm moving, and so I know they are, too. And so, um, you know, I, I don't fault anybody for that, and we move forward and have, have basically, you know, you know, had our conversation about getting these con- these things together. There's some confusion going on right now with regard to the state's guidelines related to gatherings of 100 people or less, and the CDC's guidelines being, I believe, 250 or less. So we're trying to iron out some so, of that. Yeah. So Linda, that yeah. also caused some confusions um, when the university started closing the school districts um, started becoming a little concerned. The university, the guidance for the universities was to do all the same things that the schools, you know, educate, um, you know, cleaning, that sort of thing. But for universities, it was also, if you can, convert to, you know, tele-education um, uh, alternatives. So the schools are feeling like the universities were told to close, but the schools weren't, which leads them in kind of this limbo. The current guidelines really do not call for schools to close, but rather, you know, limit those gatherings of a hundred or less, which means assemblies, perhaps looking at alternatives to students going into cafeterias, having their food in their classrooms instead, things like that. Um, So if you look at the CDC guidance, you will see that in Ingham County, we're at stage one of basically their guidance document, which is what kind of transmission is going on in your area right now, none, which means we're in the preparedness phase, which lines up with what, what the schools should be doing according to the MDHHS guidance. So the, 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 that 100 people thing that came out yesterday is just causing a little bit of confusion that we're all trying to iron out. Now, I, I really appreciate that. I, I thought I read somewhere that it was somebody said 20 I thought I could have sworn I read, I don't know if it was something from the state 
or if I just read it online, because uh, I did see the hundred or more, but then I saw twenty or more somewhere. Is that not no? At all? It was, it's a hundred or less. Um, and uh, to quote Dr. Caldoun, and I'm not going to get her quote exactly perfectly right, but when she was talking about um, limiting gatherings such as sporting events and conferences and stuff like that, she said a hundred. But we, but people should consider um, cons- consider a lower number. But she didn't give a number. So the in essence, the 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 lower the better in, in a sense, the safer. Uh, um, yeah, you know what you want to think about when we're talking about limiting the potential for transmission is that six foot rule. So anytime you get into a situation where you know people aren't able to be you know at distances from other folks, then then you're you know you've, you've got that um, additional risk of potential exposure again. That potential exposure has to be somebody who's symptomatic and coughing within six feet of you for those droplets to literally expose you. If somebody is, you know, um, you know, we're trying to figure out whether somebody is actually contagious before they're exhibiting symptoms. If that's the case, they're not coughing. And so then it becomes important again for us to remember that hand washing and not touching your face stuff, which is so very, very, very critical right now. And remarkably effective. So when you say transmission, um, you know, when we, when we read about like a Tom Hanks being, being infected, uh, and we, uh, who has traveled internationally and, and I just got back from Mexico, for example, and I was at, it, mm-hmm. it, at three, uh, international airports. We tried to, my wife and I to, you know, exert extreme caution and, and, you know, san- touch almost nothing and sanitize everything and blah, blah, blah. Um, is it reasonable to assume, Linda, that uh, that there that there are undetected cases or carriers? I mean, can you carry the? I have a couple questions. Can you carry the virus without exhibiting symptoms or even ever getting sick? And uh, is it should we assume that in fact the virus is here that 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 it is being transmitted currently, uh, even though we may not see outwardly signs of it? So let me tell you this first. This is a new virus. We've only known about it since the end of December. And so a lot of what we know about it is very scientifically educated um, guesses. Um, Not totally guesses, but, you know, um, the exact specific science on this is one not always completely known and is evolving. But we do have a pretty good idea. So there is some thought that, yes, there are probably people who are asymptomatic and, and, and possibly have the virus, right? It's not that they're carriers, because a carrier is, like, literally always having it. It's like they're, they have it. Eventually, their body will process it and get rid of it, but they never exhibited symptoms. Um, so so, so that could, one... They could be is, transmitting it and, and without, without... Well, again, they could be transmitting it, but only... Again, if they're not coughing, then there's no droplet transmission to you, right? The other way they can do it is, you know, they've touched, you know, the places in their body where the virus might be more likely to be like the mucous membranes, and then they touch a surface and then you touch it. And so, again, if you, even if that person is near you and not coughing, if you're washing your hands and not touching your face, you should be, you should be effectively protecting yourself. Does that include your second question? I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead. ahead. I wanted to know if it included hand sanitizer when you wash your hands. Um, 
Yes. Okay. Our number one choice, preferable choice, is hot water, warm to hot water, um, and soap for 20 seconds. Um, whatever, you know, song you want to sing or, you know, right. uh, Constitution you want to quote or, you know, Star Trek, you know, quote that you want to say in your head. Or keep in mind this one, wash your hands like you've been chopping jalapenos and need to put a contact in your eye. <laughs> okay. That, okay? I'd be scrubbing hard. We all are pretty, you know, it's like when, when you touch your eye after chopping jalapenos and don't think about that, that's a pretty miserable situation for a while. And so if you're aware of that, you're pretty good about scrubbing those hands pretty good before you touch your eyes. Yep, yep. So that's our number one recommendation. If you are not in a place where you have access to soap and water, then absolutely hand sanitizer. Okay. So, yes, hand sanitizer is effective, hand sanitizer is good, soap and water is the preference, but by all means, um, hand sanitizer. So I was just traveling as well, Verge, and, you know, I, I had my hand sanitizer with me on the plane. I had my hand sanitizer with me as I'm going, you know, in the meeting rooms and here and there and wherever because, you know, you know, how, how quickly can I have access to a bathroom or whatever, and I've got to touch this bottle, or I've got, you know, my fork and knife that have been sitting on this table and, you know, all those sorts of things. So, yeah, um, hand sanitizer is so, definitely also recommended. Linda, Linda, let me ask you, I know your time is limited. Um, so how do you feel about uh, workplaces? Uh, I know the state of Michigan is uh, is considering uh, different governments uh, and employers uh, in the private sector as well are considering. Uh, I mean, I, I know already many cases where they've canceled uh, meetings, conferences. Uh, they're doing mm-hmm. teleconferencing instead. But also now employers are looking at uh, actually, you know, allowing folks to work from home where, where possible, you know, really, really leaning on that. Uh, as you mentioned, Michigan State University and other universities looking at more uh, cyber-based education to the extent that they're set up for that. Um, do you think that these are, are these prudent steps? Are they, are they prudent and necessary steps? Are, are, are we, are we potentially overreacting? What, what, what have we learned from Italy? Well, um, yeah, they are prudent steps. Um, and to the extent that that can happen, and certainly, you know, as transmission becomes, you know, more prevalent in any community, should that happen, then that's a critical move to make. So, but um, let's not think about it as overreacting. I think we've all now, and if you haven't, please look it up, looked at the flatten the curve thing. Mm-hmm. Right? So, Rather than this being about, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, we've got to do this, we've got to do this because this is so scary. and it, it, Basically what it's about is this. When we see an epidemic come and we don't take measures, social distancing measures, like allowing people to telecommute, gatherings, large gatherings being shut down, that sort of thing, then what happens is we have a strong spike in illnesses that goes really, really high and then eventually comes back down and exceeds the capacity of our health care system to take care of people. When we take these measures to social distance people and other sorts of things, we still have cases, but we flatten that curve out 
It goes over a longer period of time. There may be some less cases, but we still have cases. But it flattens it down, and what it does is it keeps it below that line that you'll see in this graph if you go look it up that says here's what our capacity is of our healthcare system. So what we do is continue to maintain a level of cases and illnesses and, of course, the serious ones that need to be taken care of in the hospital that doesn't go above and beyond what our healthcare systems are capable of handling. Uh, That's what it's about. Okay, you, you have been about great. I, I have two scared, final... panic or whatever. It's about keeping numbers of illnesses down over a course or a period of time so that our healthcare system has the capacity to continue to do their job to keep people alive. You, you have been great. I really appreciate it. I have two final questions, and uh, one is somewhat political. Uh, number one, do we, we, we've heard this thing about test cases, about test kits or whatever. Do mm-hmm. you, you are the health officer for Ingham County. Uh, do we, do you have the resources uh, necessary? Are, are we, do you believe we are testing enough people? Should we be testing more? And are these test kits available to you as you need them? So far, testing has been available as we need it. We have not exceeded that. Um, should we be testing more people? That is kind of a, 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 that's a question that has kind of a double-sided answer to it. I mean, you know, when transmission is low like it is right now, um, or numbers of cases are low right now, it is important to test as much as you can, which is why the CDC expanded the guidance and criteria so that we can almost liberally test just about anybody that needs to be tested. So that is happening now. Um when you get to a point, as we did with H1, where we know that there's perhaps sustained transmission in a community, right? And, you know, hopefully we won't get to those kind of large numbers because 743 million people got sick with H1N1 when it, when it came through. Wow. 743 million. Wow. So what happens then is, you know, th- there's not a lot of point to testing anymore because... The test is about public health measures and is about our ability to contain and um, control the transmission of the virus. Once it gets to a point where there's not a lot of things that can be done to control it because it's, it's everywhere and it's just going to happen, which we do hope won't happen with this, so we are still relying on the testing. For the individual who is potentially ill and wanting to know, oh, my gosh, do I have coronavirus, do I have this, do I have that, that person who's concerned about that, There's no cure. There's no specific treatment. We're treating the symptoms. And so whether you have influenza or coronavirus or whatever else, we still treat those symptoms. So that's, you know, that's what's happening at the individual level. Of course, if I I could go buy it. If I could buy a test. Without community transmission, it is important for public health folks to do as much testing or have as much testing going on in our community so we can continue to contain this which in a lot of places, it is very well contained. Okay, my final question, If and again, thank you so much. Uh, the travel ban, the European mm-hmm. travel ban that the president announced. Uh, from your perspective, you mentioned you just flew in, uh, I guess from D.C. Uh, I don't know if that's a secret. Um, sorry. Uh, but is um, it, the, those of us that have been traveling and, and, and the, the, the idea of a travel ban, uh, with this global economy that we have, uh, from your perspective, is that a sensible, uh, is that a logical thing? Will that have the, I know he's being blasted by the EU, 
that it's unilateral. It included, you know, some European uh, countries and then didn't include Britain. Uh, is that likely to be an effective uh, technique? Well, I mean, you know, tra- limiting travel from, you know, impacted, highly impacted areas is effective. When you go to the point where you're limiting travel to a whole, you know, continent or, you know, subcontinent of, of the world where there may be cases, there may not be cases, there may be limited numbers of cases, um, you know, I'm not sure that that, that was you know, the best decision to make at the time, unfortunately. Um, You know, would President Trump think that um, some other country should ban travel of anybody from the United States into their country? Because, you know, we're a country right now of, of, you know, our transmission rates are going up, our number of cases are going up, but we have states that have no cases. We have states that have less than five cases. And so should we you know, limit travel from any one of our states to some other state because there happens to be, you know, three or four or five cases in that state. I would ask that question back. Well, you've been absolutely great. Uh, Linda, I thank you so much. Linda Vale, Chief Health Officer for Ingham County. Uh, We wish you Godspeed and all the best uh, on your mission to keep the residents of Ingham County uh, uh, safe and healthy. I just yes. happen to be a resident. Thank you there. so much. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. Mm-hmm. Bye. Linda Vale, uh, we're going to take... I, I just want to say, I think it sounded like she was saying Trump's being safe, not, you know, better to be safe than sorry is... Yeah, is I don't, I won't characterize. I, I, I couldn't quite tell. Toward the end, she, it was, uh, it was, I, I, I sense some ambivalence in the answer, but we're going to take a break. We'll debate about it. Okay. You know, uh, we are talking about health, and it's always good to have things in your life that you can count on, like having the peace of mind that comes with health care coverage from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan and Blue Care Network. Peace of mind knowing that you can count on access to the best care and that you'll have the technology like Blue, Blue Cross mobile app and Blue Cross's online visits with board-certified doctors to make your health care work for you around the clock, anywhere you travel. My friends at Blue Cross have been serving the people of Michigan for over 80 years. Over 80 years of community involvement, making Michigan a healthier place for all of us. And over 80 years of expertise, working with doctors and hospitals to improve care, making it work better for patients. Access to care everywhere, the latest technology to make healthcare work for you, and over 80 years of experience and strength to stand behind you. These are things we all can count on from Blue Cross. To learn more, visit miBluesPerspectives.com. What's up? It's Jimmy King, and you are watching NRM Streamcast. Is it possible that every person in Michigan, in every zip code, can have access to the most preferred health insurance? Can a company that is always bringing leading-edge ideas Alexa, open my blue. also bring the good old-fashioned roll-up-your-sleeves work we need to lift up our communities? Are we able to take 80 years of knowledge and experience and apply it every day to help everyone in Michigan? Count on it. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Confidence comes with every card. My mother was always very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual and uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or or turn, and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. It was very unsettling for her. I felt so much better after my son told me 
Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you, and we'll figure it out. Hey there, we're uh, Joe and Sarah... Joe and Sarah from Pop That Culture. Yes, mm -hmm. and you can catch our show on Wednesdays mm -hmm. at noon where yep. we talk about the latest in TV mm -hmm. and movies mm -hmm. and fashion yeah. and food. Uh, Florida's fun too every now and then. Yeah, Florida and Ohio are always good for mm -hmm. weird news stories, so we'll get to that too. And his yeah. pun game is strong. So, Wednesdays at noon, catch us. And welcome back to The Verge Show. Uh, so as we started to say before Linda Vale came on um, uh, on the coronavirus, for which we are grateful, uh, we were talking about political life going on and the fact that uh, it is an election year and Joe Biden recently came out on top uh, here in Michigan in the Democratic primary. Uh, and um, while he was in Michigan, he had a little confrontation uh, at the with an auto worker, I think, at, on the floor of a plant. We're going to play a clip. It's a little hard to hear. I'm going to probably talk over it. Uh, this is Joe Biden talking to an auto worker in Michigan. So the the auto worker the auto worker says the auto worker says the auto worker says you are actively trying to end the Second Amendment. You are actively trying to end the Second Amendment. And Joe Biden says you're full of, well, I'll say crap to be polite. Uh, and then they go on to argue about. Uh, what he did or didn't say. The auto worker continues to get in his face, or Joe Biden gets in the auto worker's face, depending on your perspective. It looks like a little bit of both. Um, and Biden just, you know, refuses to walk on. The auto worker, you know, is making a stand. And the auto worker says, you know, you're working for me. Hey, you work for me. And Biden says, I don't work for you. Um, it's an interesting exchange. And, uh, if you haven't, you know, you, you should you should Google it uh, and watch it. It's hard to make out, really, on an audio. But uh, an interesting exchange. Now, some people look at this and say this demonstrates that Biden is, you know, uh, unfit or losing it or whatever. And others say uh, that, uh, you know, Joe shows his toughness, you know, even at his advanced age. Uh, it demonstrates that he's in the game and that he's not going to, you know, he's not just going to lie down and take it. He's willing to defend his positions. Um, you know, I think clearly it shows Biden, for those who doubted that he was up to a debate. And, you know, and he may have, I think Joe, we talked about Joe Mentum. You know, he's got the momentum right now. It looks like he's going to be the nominee. And uh, Joe Biden may have seen this as an opportunity to demonstrate that, that he's up for a fight, that even even here, you know, against a much younger, tough well, auto This isn't worker, the first time he's done this sort of a reaction. Yeah, right, so. right. So some people say it shows he overreacts a lot. But um, in this particular case, of course, I think he was right on the issue. Um, uh, anytime a, it's now basically only Democrats, a few Republicans that talk about gun control or gun regulation, having more effective gun regulation. Anytime we say that, and I'm one of them, uh, the, the NRA types will always come back. The NRA, the gun nuts, quote unquote, will always come back and say, you're trying to kill the second amendment. No, no. And Joe Biden's point that if you watch that whole exchange, there's a point at which Joe Biden says, uh, and I'm not. He owns guns. Well, and, right, that he has guns himself. Sons own guns. Yes, his sons own guns. But he says, "Can you own a machine gun?" Right. And the guy admits, "No." Right. And Joe Biden, the point he was trying to make is that, Kevin, we have gun control. 
there is gun control in this country, quote right. unquote. There are controls on guns. There are limits on what you could do. So stop what we're saying to the NRA types is stop accusing us of trying to kill the Second Amendment. Well, when, here's when the all thing, though, when all we're let me finish. Let me okay. finish. When all we're doing is saying we would move the limit a little further. Okay. There have always been limits, and the NRA has now moved them with the help of the judiciary to the farthest extent they've already uh, ever been. And if you take it reducto ad absurdum, if you take it to its logical conclusion, machine guns would be legal. Like, why not machine guns? If you say, well, we want our assault weapons, we want our AR-15s, you know, we, well, then why not machine guns? Oh, because limits are not unconstitutional. The point Biden is making that I have made many, many times on Facebook against these gun nuts is that it, you can completely comply with the Constitution and the Second Amendment by having gun limits. And Biden brings up the yelling crowd. Look, we have First Amendment. If, if we say you can't yell fire in a crowded theater or you can't commit libel or slander, is that saying you're, you're trashing the First Amendment? No. We have free speech in this country, but free speech does not include the absolute right to lie about me. Okay, it does but, not include the listen, right to yell fire in a crowded theater. He and was so just in Texas the week earlier. What does he say about Beto O'Rourke? He will. This is a quote from Joe Biden. He'll yeah, be gonna, the one who out leads of time. I gotta my gun control. Kevin, we're running out of time. He'll be the one that leads my gun control efforts. Well, and O'Rourke has said, "I will take yeah, I your know, guns." We, we, right. We know what O'Rourke. Period. Said. We know what O'Rourke said. Okay. So that's yeah. why they're upset. Okay. That's why well, they're worried. Okay. But Biden never. But don't say things that aren't true. Biden never said the Second Amendment is going to go. Biden is a gun owner. Agreed. And and the point is, relax. If a Democrat wins, it's we not are, going to get through the Congress anyway. Well, but if a Democrat wins, we will have more active gun regulation. We will, because we're, we're also going to take the Senate and the House. Democrats are going to win the Senate and the House in all likelihood. So there will be more active yeah, gun regulation. Yeah, but Democrats are on so, the NRA payroll. Well, you're going to see we will get more active gun regulation. Mark my words. I'm willing to bet. And my point is, get over it, okay? Uh, just like Mulvaney said to the rest of the people, get over it. Um, there's going to be some gun control, and it's completely constitutional. You know, learn some history. My message to the NRA types, and I invite one on the show, you know, come on. Well, learn some freaking history. We have had gun control. It's constitutional. You know, it waxes and wanes. Within the realm of the Constitution, you can have regulation. Again, just like the First Amendment. There are limits to free speech, and there are limits to the Second Amendment. It doesn't mean we're trashing the Second Amendment. It doesn't mean we don't believe you should be able to protect your family. Okay? It's reasonable limits within the Constitution. So it's always good to learn some history. It's always good to read, educate yourself when you come to these debates. And don't just read what you get from one group like the NRA or Fox News. Actually get some history, get some education. So this is the Verge Bernero Show. Uh, I really appreciate your joining us. I appreciate Linda Vale, Kevin, uh, the folks in the control tower all coming in in spite of the coronavirus. Uh, we're out here doing our job. But be healthy, be safe, be kind to someone you don't know. Be kind to your loved ones, of course, but be kind to a stranger. It'll help you. It'll help them. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week on the Verge Bernero Show. Is it possible to have access to the highest quality health care whenever your family needs it? Count on it. Count on Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan to give you access to the care you need with the largest network of top doctors and hospitals. Because when you find the doctor that's right for you, you should be able to choose her. 
access, and choice. It's healthcare coverage that works the way you want it to. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Confidence comes with every card.